There's a story told about Akiva the rabbi. Now, he lived in a little cottage just outside of Capernaum, and once or twice a week he'd walk into the village to get supplies. Spent most of his time studying, thinking, preparing his messages for being in the synagogue on the weekend, but one day he had gone into town for supplies. And being a rabbi, being involved in deep discourse, time had passed fairly quickly, and all of a sudden he realized he needed to get back home. It was already starting to get dark. So he started on the little trail back to his cottage and walking along deep in thought, reciting scripture, blessed is the man that walketh not in the council, the ungodly. And all of a sudden a voice came out, said, stop, who are you and why are you here? Well, he stopped briefly, thought, whoa, am I just dreaming? Am I imagining things? Is God speaking to me? He continued walking. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And again, a voice came out, stop, who are you, and why are you here? Well, at that point, he really did stop. He kind of rubbed his eyes, and he saw that in the descending dusk, he was right in front of a big building. He had obviously taken a wrong turn in the little cottage, being deep in thought, and he was now right in front of the Roman garrison. And there was a young guard there who had asked him that question. Who are you? Why are you here? Being a rabbi, he answered a question with a question. He said, young man, what do they pay you to stand there and ask that of all who approach? Well, the young man then realized, you know, this was not an intruder. This was not somebody that was going to put him in danger. This was a man of the cloth. And he said, well, sir, they pay me a hundred denarii a week. To which Akiva, the rabbi said, young man, I will double your pay if you come with me stand in front of my cottage and ask me those questions every morning as I start my day. Who are you? Why are you here? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, our kind sponsor for the day is harrys.com, where I get my razors where you should, too. You can go to harrys.com, use 48 days as a code to get $5 off your first purchase. I'll give you a little bit more information about that in just a little bit. Well, our opening segment there where I talked about who are you and why you're here, you know, that's a recurring theme. I mean, we're all asking that, and rightfully so. But it comes up again and again and again. It's not just a matter of, gee, I've got a job, I'm making money, gee, I have a business, you know, I'm doing okay. It's really, in a larger sense, who am I? Why am I here? Now, that's where we go back to that sweet spot again and again and again. What is it that brings together, that provides you that amazing convergence of passion, talent, and money? You find that you're going to have at least for now a definition of who you are and why you're here has to blend all three. Well, a whole lot of our questions are going to deal with that today. Here's some of the things we're going to be talking about. And our theme is going to be, here's the key to getting everything you want in life. I'm going to be giving you the key to that. Well, here's some of the questions. Dan, the work I do is mundane and the leadership in the office is weak. Dan, I want to switch to selling real estate, but I don't know how to sell. Another one, how can I set up a personal learning plan? How about this one? Dan, my daughter is very talented as an art student, 
She makes all kinds of clay models, paper characters, and so much more. Now, where do you go with that? If you got a child who's talented as an art student making clay models, I'm going to give you an example. that's going to blow your mind what somebody did with that kind of a skill. Somebody who liked making doll clothes as a little girl. Once somebody says, I've climbed the ladder of success in my current industry, but think the ladder may be leaning against the wrong wall. That's an old Stephen Covey principle. A lot of people do that. Climb the ladder of success only to discover it's leaning against the wrong wall. What do you do if you discover it? 40, 50, 60, that you think that's your situation. Yeah, other people see you as successful, but you just know there's more. And you aren't interested in going one more rung higher on the ladder, you'd like to get off the stinking ladder. Well, a couple of details here. Hey, thanks for all the notes coming in about how to raise creative children. Remember, Joanna and I are going to do a special segment for the November 20th episode of this podcast on how to raise creative entrepreneurial kids. Send your ideas to kids at 48days.com. Just that in simple email kids at 48 days.com. That's where I'm collecting all those. Boy, got a lot of just really rich ideas coming in and I appreciate those so much. Well, let's share some success stories here as we always do. This comes from Andrew Miller, who his name is Andrew, but he is a, an artist and he, he spells his name and well, he writes it. I mean, his real name is a N D R E W, but he, he writes it and he drew. I love that. He's been connected in the 48 days community for a very long time, has done all kinds of things. Listen to this. Dan, at the beginning of September, I launched a Kickstarter campaign for my game night in a book, the cloud dungeon. It's a family oriented paper craft adventure, which encourages creative play for parents and kids. I've been trying to build as much buzz as I can over the past eight months, but I really didn't know what to expect. I was trying to raise $2,000 to fund a small print run of the book. So we put it up on Kickstarter. I've currently raised over $8,000 and still have 18 days of the campaign to go. It's not just the book that's launching, but also several digital printable and celery products that tie into the game. I've learned well the lesson that your book should be your business card. Thank you for all the guidance and encouragement that has led me to this exciting point in my business. Okay, so Andrew put his thing up there, his little, you know, little book, little game that you draw, draw and cut as a family as you go through. Now he sent this to me four days ago, four days ago. And he said he had already, his goal was $2,000. He had already gone over $8,000. I just pulled it up online. He still has 14 days to go. He's not at $8,000. He's at $11,364. Now that's a pretty cool thing. Had as a goal to raise $2,000 to do the first print run. Go check it out. Check out. It's hard to go there. Hard to get there. How can you get there? And he games. If you go to Kickstarter and put in and he games, that'll be an easy way. That'll take you right to Andrew's post there. You can see what he's doing. Hey, get involved, get involved in uh, sponsoring. You'll get some goodies from him as part of that. But I love that. What a cool story. Thanks for sending that in. And Andrew, this comes from Graham. Graham Honeycutt, who says, I'm a graduate of the August 2014 Coaching with Excellence program. So that's just a year ago. After working on getting started by coaching a few clients, I finally launched my new coaching platform on 
GrahamHoneycutt.com with the tagline, Discipled Discipline, Pursuit of Your Vocational Calling. I have seven helpful tips I learned along the way. Thought they would be helpful to share with your podcast audience. Number one, success comes in community. Get connected with 48days.net. Stay in touch with the community you and people you met at events like Coaching with Excellence. Number two, hire your own coach. I hired 48 Days Mastery Coach Royce Harrell to expedite my learning curve and to make me a better coach. Number three, do what works for you. Number four, perseverance is a muscle. Number five, sometimes your calling is right in front of you. Uh, When I attended Coaching with Excellence, I thought I couldn't be an effective career coach since there were so many great ones out there like you, Dan, already doing it. I realized that there were coaches because there's a market for it. Once I overcome those, overcame those self-limiting beliefs, everything changed for me. Number six, be transparent with your current employer if you can. You might be surprised. When I showed my boss what I was doing this week, he was so impressed with my website that without any prompting from me, he said it might be time to take a look at my compensation so they could keep me here. Number seven, products don't always have to be books or something fancy. I'm starting out with a short ebook called 20 Days to a More Purposeful Life. Just get in the game, get started with where you are. Thanks, Dan, for all you do. Sincerely, Graham, career coach. Well, thanks, Graham, for your note. Love it. This comes from Denny. I'm writing to express a long overdue thank you. My twin brother gave me no more Mondays more than five years ago, and I followed your blog and podcast ever since. Your message put me on a relentless pursuit to find work and join my work. Before the book, I had never given the possibility, considered the possibility I might be happy at work. I grew up expecting to dislike my work and expecting to have limited enjoyment on weekends and summer vacations. For the past two years, I've used 48 days to the work you love to pursue new work. Why two years instead of 48 days? I must admit I had difficulty discovering my unique talents and abilities. Now he goes on and talks about the fact that he was overseeing some people's websites and realized how that came so easily for him. So he's just launched coderlifeline.com as an online source for anyone needing live software development help. Again, thanks for your constant encouragement, practical advice, and blunt reminders that have kept me moving forward over the years. Sincerely, Denny. Well, thanks, Denny. What a cool story. This comes from Terry, who says, I would like to offer your listeners who are struggling to find their niche as a coach some encouragement. Keep working toward your goal while growing to become your very best. I first attended Coaching with Excellence in May of 2013. I knew then that I wanted to coach women who were struggling and dealing with issues that I have dealt with, but I wasn't able to move forward because of my own fear and insecurities. Thanks to the encouragement of others, including you and Joanne, I started reading books and attended a four-day intensive training called The Encounter in order to grow emotionally. The benefits were enormous. However, the biggest change happened when I experienced a setback recently that made me finally see the importance of having my own coach in order to move forward and realize my dream. Lady J and Lady Giovanna Ellison being the awesome coach that she is helped me to see the real issue in a matter of minutes. I'm thrilled to say that I'm now building my coaching business, confident being to help women struggle with the guilt, pain, and shame and abortion, whether spontaneous or voluntary, never give up. Thank you, Terry, for that testimonial. Cool. Well, this comes from Chris. You know, last week I, I talked about, having bees in our property I had somebody that had a question about bees and the, the demise of a lot of beehives across the country because of pesticides and all of that. Well, anyway, this says, my name is Chris Woods. I was listening to your podcast, heard the urgency and one message about killing the bees. 
I'm very thankful you have bees and are enjoying your bees. As a matter of fact, just an insert here. We just this week did the processing of the first batch of honey. Oh my gosh. It's like liquid gold. It's amazing. Well, anyway, uh, Chris says you're an inspiration to me. I've been looking to you for a while now. I recently started a company called the Bee Nectar Company. I worked for a commercial beekeeper, helped manage close to 400 hives. I was saddened by the amount of winter losses, colony collapse, and the amount of antibiotics and chemicals that had to be used to keep the bees functioning. So I decided to do something about it. I have launched the Bee Nectar Company. It's an all-natural, antibiotic-free, hormone-free, steroid-free additive that goes in the bees' feed. It stimulates growth and has helped my hives thrive. I would love to connect with you more about it. When can I come give you some free samples? You can connect me with your listeners at thebeenectar at gmail.com. Thanks so much for what you do. Grace and peace, Chris. Well, Chris, thanks. Geez, you can swing by anytime here in Franklin, Tennessee, and give me your product, the Bee Nectar. Sounds awesome. And I'm, I'm a real novice when it comes to what we're doing with the bees, but I love what we're doing, love seeing them out there. I don't allow our yard guys to spray for the clover, dandelions, or anything. That just helps the bees. I know that. And we're harvesting now that just beautiful, beautiful honey. And hopefully they're helping to pollinate trees and bushes and shrubs all around the community here where we live. Great story. Well, again, hey, just a reminder there before we go into the uh, announcing we are the champions that we always do at the end here. We'll do that in just a second, but I want to again remind you our sponsor today is harrys.com. That's where I get my razors. You know, it's, it's funny, the little routines you get used to, but one of the things I travel a lot and I always panic when I open my overnight bag that I did I remember to put in a Harry's razor? So I've eliminated that problem by just simply having multiples that uh, I get them all with the orange handle. I don't know. It's just really attractive. Uh, plus the fact that we live in Tennessee, not that I'm a big sports fan, but go, go big orange, I guess, you know, so I've got the Tennessee branded Harry's razor and encourage you to do the same. Just a great way to start the day. Great way to wake up your face. Those blades that are, ergonomic handles, kind of handsomer, sharper, less expensive, the kind of things they use as a motto. I love the kind of, um, kind of culture that they have at Harry's. It's a fun place and they're putting out a great product. Just go to harrys.com, use 48 days as the code to get $5 off your purchase. Now we'll bring up queen here. We'll get through this part. Love doing these success stories. If you got a success story, be sure to share it with us. We'd love to hear about it. Just go to the 48days.com site. Click on Ask Dan, and you'll see the little red start first. Jump up there. You can share your story right there. Or just send me an email at askdan at 48days.com. Keep those success stories coming in. I was just at a conference in Louisville, Kentucky, the CES conference with Jim Cochran. I could talk all day today just about the success stories, about people who are doing business online. For the most part, people who are selling things on Amazon. Amazing stories about what people are doing. We'll, we'll save that, maybe devote a segment to that at some point. Encourage those of you who are looking for something that you really can add significant income to what you're already doing. Well, this comes from Daniel, who says, 
I've been with the same company for seven years as a quality assurance clerk. The work is mundane and the leadership in the office is weak. After listening to you, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, and Zig Ziglar, I realized that I have been depositing my faith and belief in the wrong place. You know what? I just realized I did not share our quotation for the day. How did I miss that? How did I skip that? Let me back up here a little bit. Got to share that. Got to share our quotation for the day. I did not do that. I said our theme is Here's the key to getting everything you want in life. Well, that might have rung a bell for those of you who are familiar with quotations because Zig Ziglar said, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. That's our quotation for the day. We'll come back to that at the end, wrap it up with that again. That's a great way to get whatever you want. Just start helping other people get what they want. In the book, Thou Shall Prosper by our friend Rabbi Daniel Lappin, you know, he talks about, does God want you to be rich? Here's how he addresses that. God wants you to be obsessively concerned with meeting the needs of other people. That's it. If you do that, guess what? Money does show up. Well, we'll come back to that. Anyway, back to my, back to our question here from Daniel. He says that uh, my work is mundane leadership in the office is weak. After listening to you, Tony Robbins, Les Brown and Zig Ziglar, I realized that I've been depositing my faith and belief in the wrong place by not putting those things into myself. One of your past post blog posts comes to mind. Hourly pay will keep you poor. I'm ready to make a change. I want to switch to selling real estate. I don't know how to sell, but I know I can learn and be great at it. What people, books, and resources can I get invested in to learn the craft of selling? God, I love that. Love that. Daniel from Rexburg, Idaho. Well, Incidentally, he says, is there a new Dan Miller book in the works? Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of things that are in the works. One of the working titles I've already working with a publisher on a proposal for this is sealed with a handshake. And I'm talking about how businesses are successful, not because of fancy contracts and legal agreements, but because people just keep their word, have integrity and work together sealed with a handshake. Well, anyway, back to your question, Daniel, about you can, how, you can learn how to sell and absolutely you can learn how to sell. Let me give you, well, let me give you four, four sources. And if you absorb these, you can springboard to the top of the pack, even with people who call themselves salesmen, because you learn how to do it. Well, now, number one, I'm going to use, you already mentioned Zig Ziglar secrets of closing the sale. I'd have to put that at the top as a book to learn how to sell. Well, it's based on serving people well. It's based on relationship-oriented selling. It's not techniques and tricks to con people into something they don't want or need. Those days are gone, incidentally. You can't be successful selling in that way. But Secrets of Closing the Sale, let's start with that by Zig Ziglar. Next is Selling with Noble Purpose by Lisa McLeod. Fairly recent book. Next one is going to be How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. And then an audio program. Now, this has been around a while. I'm sure you can find old copies of it out there. It, it comes from Nightingale Conant, but it's a Brian Tracy program called The Psychology of Selling. It is superb. Now, those are things, again, coming from being a little farm kid, as I was. I mean, I learned how to sell. I love selling. And I didn't just assume that I was going to be good because I enjoyed it. No, I have studied and gone to seminars and workshops and training things. 
and read books and listened to audio programs and podcasts year after year after year and how to do it well. And it's an honorable thing. I mean, don't think that if you're going to sell, you're somehow going to take advantage of people. Again, those days are over. That's not how it's done. You learn how to serve people well and you can do it. Get those resources where you can be solidly in the game. Well, this comes from James who says, how do you set up a personal learning plan? Well, that's a very short and sweet question. Very direct. How do you set up a personal learning plan? Well, let me just give you some tips, things that I use, but ways that I think you really can learn anything that you want. Choose 12 books carefully. I'll give you five tips here. Five tips on how to set up your own personal learning plan. These are the kind of things that can separate you from the people that you're around right now. This can put you in a whole new league of success. Just keep in mind, I mean, most people don't read one book a year. I mean, they really don't. How simple is it to separate yourself from the pack of averages out there by just simply doing the things that put you on a new path, a new trajectory? Here they go. My five recommendations for a personal learning plan. Choose 12 books carefully. Let's just say we're, we're here almost at the end of 2015. Let's just set this up for 2016. This is your personal learning plan. Choose 12 books, do that right now, and then commit to, you're going to read those 12 books. That's only one a month. I mean, we're talking about 15, 20 minutes a day of reading to get you through 12 great books that can transform your success. Identify three seminars you're going to go to workshops. I mean, the one I just went to CES in Louisville. My gosh, that's a great one. Um, I'm doing an event with Ken Davis in April in Orlando called launch, how to take your ideas and put legs on those. Of course we have coaching with excellence right here at the sanctuary for those of you who want to be coaches, but just identify what are three seminars that you're going to go to next year. Put it on your calendar right now, register for those guys and get it in place. Number three, listen to two podcasts weekly, only two. I listen to way more than that, but I'm just suggesting for a starting point and a personal learning plan, listen to two. I mean, hopefully you'll listen to this one, 48 days, listen to things like, and it doesn't have to be, I mean, I listen to a lot of them that have to do with information, this information space that a lot of us are in authors, speakers, coaches, but you can listen to exponential wisdom. Find that it's Dan Sullivan and Peter Diamandis. It's short. It's usually 15 or 20 minutes. Exponential wisdom they are astounding, astoundingly beneficial. I usually listen to them more than once. The TED Radio Hour, they'll take a composite of the very best TED Talks, summarize it down, have one theme. I mean, one, one, one theme just recently was unstoppable learning, how kids are going to learn even if they don't have access to computers and books. They're going to learn anyway, unstoppable learning. But anyway, the TED Radio Hour, I would read it in there. The Zig Ziglar podcast hosted by my son, Kevin. He takes a little clip from Zig and then they unpack it. He and Tom Ziglar together. I mean, so listen to at least two podcasts weekly. Join or start a mastermind. Got to do that. Join or start a mastermind. If you do those things, choose 12 books carefully, go to at least three seminars, listen to two podcasts weekly, join or start a mastermind. You got a personal learning plan and you're going to, you're going to put yourself in the top 5% of people in terms of success, no matter how you define it in the world. Well, Chris says, 
I see a lot of high school students meandering their way into college without any sort of direction or possibly with too many directions. When I pose the question to them about what it is they're passionate about, I get blank stares as though they're too young to know. Is this the case? Is there a better set of questions to ask teenagers to help them decide on or figure out a possible vocation? My own daughter is struggling trying to decide between engineering art or theater. As an ex-engineer turned chiropractor, these choices are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. All right. So Chris is asking, what about my daughter trying to decide between engineering art or theater? Here's what I would recommend. Now, when you say that, you know, high school students meandering their way into college, not really sure what they're going to do. Boy, is that true? Wow. I would recommend taking a year and shadow in those three areas of interest engineering, art, and theater. Shadow people who are already doing that. But spend your time doing that. Don't start an expensive course of study without having more confidence about the alignment of your own passion and talent. I mean, going to college just to kind of wander around and figure things out is a very expensive way to get a sense of your own direction. Let me give you a couple websites that you can go to. Go to pivotplanet.com. Pivot, just like it sounds, P-I-V-O-T, planet.com. You can tap into the expertise of people in any vocational area that you want. You can talk to them, follow them around, figure you can do real short-term conversations with them, a whole bunch of things. Pivot Planet, very, very neat site for connecting and getting information about potential vocational areas. Another one is Cool Works. Cool works. Go there, check out the opportunities to get short-term jobs in a variety of things. Another one is Transitions Abroad. Transitions Abroad. Those websites will expose you to a whole lot of different vocations and show you ways to get involved where you can test it out. Test drive the car, so to speak, before you start a four-year program of study. I mean, how sad is it to see these kids coming out of college with a BA or a BS, yes, but in something that they have no passion about, could care less about, and all they've done is filled their head with a little bit of information about that, regurgitated it, you know, passed the classes, and they're unprepared to do anything. I mean, that is not a good plan at all. Well, hey, got a couple more here. Teresa says, I have a daughter who currently attends college, but seems uncertain about what subjects she's studying, what direction she's going. What advice do you offer? Well, I'm not sure why she's in college. Now, obviously being in college, I mean, we get exposure to a lot of things and you can hang out with a lot of people, but again, it's a very expensive way to just wander around figuring things out. I would encourage you to wait a while. Before now, I in my own academic pursuits, and believe me, I love college. I did go to college immediately from high school. I wanted to escape from the farming duties for one thing, and I was clear about what I wanted to study. So I got a, a, I majored in psychology, got my bachelor's degree in psychology. Then I got out, got into the real world, got involved in some really cool things, and then five years later. I went back and got my master's degree in clinical psychology. I thought, I want to explore this a little deeper. I want to increase what my opportunities are. So I went back and got a master's in clinical psychology, kept working, kept doing entrepreneurial things. 
I never really positioned myself as a traditional therapist. That wasn't my goal, but I valued the training, the education, the experience that I had in clinical psychology and went on to be a successful entrepreneur. 18 years after getting my master's, I started my doctoral studies. And then I actually got my doctoral, you know, I did my doctoral studies in religion and society, seemingly maybe not directly connected, but that was my focus of interest at that time. So I studied that. Why do we believe the things that we do? How can we work together with other cultures, people around the world, people with other beliefs, other faiths? That wasn't the course of my doctoral studies, but it was very much about personal development and growth. It wasn't about what can I do so I get a piece of paper so somebody will give me a job. It was very, very different. So if you can help your children, these kids you're talking about here, if you can help your daughter, Teresa, frame her studies so it really is a valuable personal growth and development process, I mean, that's okay. But you can do that in a lot of ways without paying a whole lot of money. So I would never recommend getting student loans just to inc- increase the process of personal development. Do it in ways that don't cost money. If you decide you need particular training for a vocational pursuit, then go to college. Even then, don't borrow the money. That's another topic for another day. Well, this comes from, and here's kind of a continuation again. This comes from Darian. He says, Dan, my daughter is a very talented art student who makes all kinds of clay models, paper characters, and so much more. She's always finding things online and then makes them from all kinds of mediums. She's 13 years old. And I ask her, how does she feel about making a how-to ebook? She agreed it sounds like a great idea. How do we put together an ebook, market it, and use the proceeds for college plans and possibly start an early Roth IRA for her if this idea is successful. I really want to give her a head start, 48 days to the work you love, before college. This venture could also propel my wife, who is a stellar teacher, 20 plus years, teacher of the year, to do likewise for herself. 13 years old, and your daughter is drawn to making clay models, paper characters, so much more. Is there a future in that? Or does, do we need to tell her, hey, that's fine. You're a little girl, just enjoy it. But you need to stop doing that. You need to find something that's practical and realistic so that you can make money and be a responsible adult. Is that where we're going to go? I hope not. I mean, there are so many stories out there. I mean, stories like about Grandma Moses, who was, of course, a very famous American artist, And as a little girl, she would draw and paint and people would, ooh and ah, oh, that's cute. But they told her exactly what I just said. As she came up through high school, it's like, well, that's fine. But you have to do something practical and realistic, you know, like typing papers and filing. That's exactly what she did. She got married, eked out an existence when she was with her husband. When she was 76 years old, her husband died. And she thought, what do I want to do in my remaining years? And she remembered how much she had enjoyed drawing and painting as a little girl. We're told that her first painting at 76 years old sold for over $100,000, which is more money than she had earned in her entire working lifetime. I mean, look at that. She probably worked 50 years. She did not earn $100,000 in that period of time. But her first painting that really engaged her passion, her talent, sold for over $100,000. You know, what a travesty to have those God-given skills buried, pushed under the carpet because somebody says, well, that's not practical or realistic. Now, let me give you a real-life example here. 
Darian, you're talking about your, your little girl's 13 years old. This last week, I spoke at CES conference in Louisville. Had a chance to meet Jason and Cinnamon Miles. Now, you can find out about their site if you go to libertyjaneclothing.com. Here's the deal. Cinnamon says she was started sewing doll clothes when she was eight years old for her little Kimberly doll. She loved making those outfits. Her mom taught her to sew and saw that it was a passion that she had. She kept on going. I mean, when she got married, her little girl started getting American Girl dolls, and she found that her daughters wanted unique outfits for them, and she wasn't very impressed with what was available. So she started making doll clothes, really high-end clothing. And you can go to Liberty Jane, you know, Liberty Jane Clothing, you'll see some of the clothing that she has there. Discovered that she could get big bucks. I mean, 80 to a hundred dollars for a doll outfit and people would just buy it as quick as she would put it up. Well, it's hard to scale that, you know, her husband, Jason was all excited. And he, he said, you know, he'd, he'd relist, you know, put it up again, put up the pattern and cinnamon was like, geez, you know, I'm going to have to stay up all night long to make these things that people are buying. I can't just make them as fast as people are buying them. They started making the patterns. The patterns are offered as digital downloads for as little as $3.99. Now think about it. What'd they just do? They went from creating linear income, doing something once and getting paid once, to creating residual income, creating a patterns where the patterns can be sold thousands and thousands of times. And that's exactly what's happened. Jason and Cinnamon showed us on the board their income over the last couple of years. This year, they're going to be at about $800,000 selling doll clothing patterns online. That's the power of just creating an intentional plan for something that may be a hobby, something that may be a unique passion. There are so many ways today, especially to put legs on these kind of ideas. But I want to encourage you, Darian, all those, Teresa, others who ask about your children, our challenge as parents is to help our children find those unique things about them. I mean, we often hear Proverbs 22, 6. You know, we know that verse by heart. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's older, not depart from it. And so we know, by golly, we know what's best for our kids. We're going to cram it down their throat. We're going to have them in church three times you know, three times a week, and we're going to make sure they study in school and that they get A's in math, even if they hate math, and then they're going to go to college, they're going to get a job and be responsible. Are you serious? That's not exactly what that verse means. I mean, in its original translation, a more correct rendering of the verse is train up a child in the way that he or she is bent. Our challenge and opportunity as parents is not to just cram the right things down their throat, it's to discover to unpack how is this child uniquely gifted? What are they drawn to? What is it that they really unleash their talent when they're doing it? What is it that they spend their time doing even outside of all assignments, just that they're drawn to that they do naturally. You know, and I look at my own children, Kevin, Jared and Ashley, they're all very unique. You know, Jared 
One time we came home and he had covered the walls in his room with black paper. And we thought, oh no, we aren't going to let our kid, you know, get into this gothic kind of stuff, you know, that the bad kids do. Well, we didn't take that approach. We questioned why would he put black paper up? He would lay upside down on his bed, you know, and turn the lights off and have a real tiny little flashlight, you know, looking at books and then, well, dude, you're going to ruin your eyes. Turn the lights on. Well, with a little bit of coaching that we got and testing for him, we discovered that yes, he was diagnosed, you know, ADD, ADHD, all those wonderful terms that we give kids when they don't fit into the norm. But we also discovered that his brain processes information very differently. If it's with bright lights, especially fluorescent lights, it's like a vibration. It's very distorting, very disturbing to him. The soft lights, hardly any light at all, where we would see it as hardly being able to see, was a way that he could really see. We ended up having these screens that we would put over books, like a red screen, a green screen, that would change how his brain received the print on the pages so that he could actually read it. The black paper on the walls helped to mute it down where it would slow down his brain so he could think and talk. I mean, he's gone on and he's an incredible thinker. I mean, a world changer, you know, lives in Costa Rica doing some amazing things. Just spoke as one of the lecturers at the do lectures in Costa Rica. It's opportunities all around the world to speak. Well, that's by discovering how is this child bent? That's what we want to do. How is this child uniquely gifted? That's our challenge and again, our opportunity as parents. Well, sounds like a good place to take a deep breath there. After that, just to remind you, you're listening to Real Questions. People like you and me in the workplace, struggling with things, a lot of opportunities out there to find our unique path, to discover who am I and why am I here? That's what we all want to know. Well, if you got a question, please shoot it into me. Go to the go to the 48days.com site. Click on Ask Dan, and you'll see the opportunity there pop up for you to submit your question, or you can just shoot an email to me directly, which most most of you do, at Ask Dan at 48days.com. Well, this comes from Steve, who says I've been an electromechanical technician for the last 30 years, but now at my age, I'm getting to where I can't do the things I used to. I would try sales, but I don't know how to show transferable skills in my resume and show past employment that doesn't look like a technician. Help. Well, keep in mind what we want that resume to do. A resume is not to just be a chronological snapshot of what you've done. A resume is to be a sales brochure for where you want to go. And with that, you can totally redirect where you want to go. That's why if I work with physicians, dentists, accountants, attorneys, we can totally redirect if in fact that's what they want to do. So don't think that your past work history traps you in just repeating that. Now, this is where it gets kind of tricky because... If you go to a placement agency, recruitment center, or even most career coaches, they typically want to just help you repeat what you've most recently done. Well, at 48 days, we know that's not true for a whole lot of people. A whole lot of you want to redirect, go in a different direction. So you have to present yourself in a way that allows you to do that, makes you a candidate to do that. 
on a resume, instead of just having a chronological resume, you may want to have a functional resume where it describes competencies that you have. And those competencies that you have may have been developed as a volunteer. So if you want to move into sales, if you show that you were the captain of the fundraising team at your child's school, or that you were in charge of the capital campaign at your church when you did a new building project, those things will show competence as a salesperson. I mean, frame what it is that you're doing, but keep in mind when people are interested in having you on their team, a resume is not a really important piece of the equation at this point. First thing you're going to do is whip around and Google you. What shows up online? What is it that you can show there? Can you show a project that you've done, a blog that you wrote, an article you had published somewhere? Those are the kind of, the, what's your, you know, what are they going to see if they go to Facebook or LinkedIn? What are they going to see as it represents you? You can monitor those things and very quickly position yourself as somebody who's a candidate in the sales arena, if that's in fact what you want to do. Great question and a a great opportunity. You are not trapped because of the work that you've done. You can make a dramatic change, but you got to have content that helps support you going in that new direction. And that again can come from projects you've done, blogs you've done, articles you've written, things you've been involved in your community, what you've got on Facebook, LinkedIn, places like that. Well, let me grab a couple more here real quickly. Dan, I have Crohn's disease. I just started working for a company who doesn't offer uh, insurance till 1,000 hours of work. I need insurance that can cover infusion therapy for my health, but open enrollment for the insurance market doesn't happen till the end of the year. I'm really in a jam here with the risk of my well-being crashing into a halt. Please help me with any advice. I'm on currently on a Cobra plan, but it's too expensive. Well, for one thing, Dan, if you have Crohn's disease, you're on Cobra, keep it. No matter what you do, keep that Cobra insurance in place. It may be expensive, but you have got to keep it in place because nobody's going to take you on and give you coverage immediately. Now you say that you just started working for a company. You got to work a thousand hours. So that's roughly six months. That's real common to be there. I mean, so you, you should have done some planning to be in the position that you're in leaving another job. But if you're on Cobra, by all means, keep that in place. If you have to sell the car and ride a bicycle to work, keep Cobra in place. Look for that window when you can get on their plan. Now there's a whole lot of companies out there. We've got, you can go to useful resources in 48 days.net and just go to the search bar and for 48 days.net and put in insurance. It'll take you right to a section that I developed to show you a lot of insurance options when you're not covered by a traditional company. So there's a lot of options out there, but nobody is going to have you, you know, pay a $200 a month premium and immediately have you file a claim. There's going to be that six month period, no matter what, even with the best options that are out there. So keep the Cobra in place and look toward the time when you can get on the company's health insurance. Um, well, Grant, Grant, um, uh, last week he had a question and I answered it about he's a novelist and wondered how he could just knock it out of the park with his novel, you know, live on the fat royalty checks coming in. I said, I don't know how to do that. That's a tough thing to do. He says, I just want to drop you a line. Thank you for taking the time to answer my question. I realize being a successful fiction writer is a huge task, but I don't let it rule my life much. I've almost finished the sequel, which is entitled hope not lost. And when finished, I will congratulate myself on having two books out there 
In the meantime, I shall carry on with my day job for British Airways and hope that I bump into Oprah Winfrey one day. Many thanks again. Well, I hope too that you do that. David says you might be interested in working with this second chance group for criminals for employment. Since sent me the link to Dave's Killer Bread. I'm familiar with this company. I love what they're doing. Dave's Killer Bread and one out of three of the employees there have a, a criminal record. But I love companies that give people a second chance. I mean, I know a lot of people who have criminal backgrounds. And believe me, there's some really talented, competent people with high integrity. I mean, they're just mistakes that have been made. But there's a lot of reason to give people second chances who are in that community. A lot of them will be more dedicated and better workers than people who don't have that tough experience in their background. So I, I love that. Thanks for the link. Dave's Killer Bread. Phil says... I've climbed the ladder of success in my current industry. I'll end with this one, but think the ladder may be leaning on the wrong wall. I wrote out my ideal day and it looks nothing like what I'm doing now. It's almost the complete opposite. Is this common? Is this just a reaction to my current situation or could I really be that far off course? Please advise Phil. Wow. That's a big question. However, you're on track. Now, when you're in a position that you really don't enjoy, a whole lot. It is common to have the pendulum swing too far the other way where you think, okay, I don't want to do this at all. I mean, I worked with an, an attorney recently, a lady, and she hated the toxic environment she was in. She never wanted to work for a company again. You know, she got in the coaching process You know, she just wanted to be an entrepreneur, just work on her own when she wanted to, where she wanted to. As we started developing, she had none of the characteristic that would make her a good candidate for being an entrepreneur, for doing it on her own. My advice to her was, okay, I know that you've got this knee jerk reaction to the toxic environment you're in now, but you're a great candidate with your skill set to be part of a corporation. We just need to find another company that is a much better fit for you. I mean, that's the direction we want to go. So when you say that you, your ideal day looks nothing like what you're doing now, I don't know. Check that against what you know about yourself. What do you know about your skills and abilities, your personality tendencies, your values, dreams, and passions? I mean, those are the kind of things you ought to have some understanding of. And as you understand those, you ought to be able to see what would this look like? Where's that convergence for you of passion, talent, and money? Talk to other people who know you well. What are they saying about it? What do they think you would be good at? That's the way that you can figure this out. So don't just have the reaction against what it is that you're doing now. Make a clear path for what you want to move to. I mean, we all are clear in what we want to move away from. And usually that's where we get extended kind of emotions, you know, frustration, anger, guilt, depression, all those kind of, but as soon as we start to identify what it is we want to move to, then we see the emergence of positive Emotions like confidence, boldness, enthusiasm. That's where you want to go. That's what you want to have building in your life. Don't be too quick to just throw the baby out with the bath. Make sure that you're identifying what really is an authentic fit. Well, remember our key to getting everything you want in life. Zig Ziglar says, you can have everything you want in life if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Great thought keep in mind figure out how you're going to do that how are you going to serve more people you want to make more money all you have to do is figure out how you're going to serve more people 
do that. I hope our discussions about college and education were helpful today. I hope that it didn't upset anybody too bad. I don't want to discourage you with where you are and what you're doing. This is a complicated process, and a lot of people approach it with wrong intention and wrong expectations. We want to correct that. You can do that. If college fits, by all means, hold your head high, do it with excellence. Be careful about going there as the cure-all for where you think you want to go. Well, hey, thanks for being part of this community where you know what we're doing here. We are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful fulfilling and profitable this could be your chance so take it keys are in your hands and the world